Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Beat me up on the mamas of all mama shit. Hey, I'm looking through my telescope and I see a mothership. Is that you? Beam me up. Hey, DA, I'm thirsty, man. Can you beam me up for a cold one? Hey, DA, what's going on, baby? Stop me off and beam me up. DA wants the silly Oh, permission to get in that mothership. Is my window seat still available? Beam me up. What's going on, DA? Hey, man, I need you to do me a huge favor. My co-worker's a jerk. Oh, just beam me up, man. Get beamed up. Everyone else has. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah! Happy being alive day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming your way this hour in 20 minutes. We've got your sound check, your best audio of the day. One of my favorite moments from last week when I was not on the show. And then 40 minutes from now, Corey Dillon, he be angry. We'll tell you why coming up. One hour from now, college football preview begins with Phil Steele, author of the College Football Bible, the annual Phil Steele preview issue. We'll do that with Phil coming up at the top of the next hour. I'll get to my fat Pat Fitzgerald takes coming up here shortly in the Northwestern situation, but we were talking about Damian Lillard, and that situation has no resolution at the moment. I don't know how many teams are going to be able to engage in these types of discussions, A, salary purposes, but B, because, again, Damian Lillard has a no-trade clause. And so out of everything, look, do I understand loving a player and wanting to see him play in more high-leverage situations? Sure. you got to understand, one of my favorite players ever in any sport is Dan Marino. And the fact that Dan Marino played in only one AFC championship game and zero Super Bowls after 1985 is like, you know, it's hard to stomach for those of us that loved him because we didn't get to see him in a lot of big, big situations. You see him with the phantom spike against the Jets at the Meadowlands and that epic shootout in the opener in 94. I think it was against Drew Bledsoe and these iconic moments and they all happen in the regular season and so you wanted to see him in the postseason and he rarely if ever got very far there so I understand the want the desire if you love Damian Lillard to see him in more high leverage big situations NBA finals etc but to me to to frame it as I'm proud he finally spoke up He's no trade clause. He wanted to be there. He signed an extension for hundreds of millions of dollars. You, you don't spend a decade in the NBA someplace against your will. I mean, this is not the 1960s. 
There's free agency. There's free will. There's contracts that expire. There's no trade clauses. You're allowed to go wherever you want. He has stayed there for a reason. And this idea that he was there against his will and they were treating him so poorly, and thank God he finally spoke up, like there's Stockholm Syndrome. He chose to be there. He wanted to be there. He liked it there. That's okay. And now, all right, it seems like the time is up. But the idea that all of these years were somehow wasted because he didn't have a spine to speak up in Portland, I think is ridiculous. It's such projections, just projective, stupid sports media analysis that goes on these days that I just I don't understand. Andrew's in Oregon this morning here on the DA Show. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, DA. Good morning, fellas. So what, <laughs> what I haven't heard from, you know, these sports media personalities talking about this situation is that here in Portland, we don't have an owner. Our owner died, you know, so many years ago, and his sister is technically the owner, and I'm using air quotes when I say owner. The only thing that she owns or is the conservator of his trust, which both the Seattle Seahawks and the Portland Trailblazers fall under. The group that is running this team is uh, a company called Vulcan out of Seattle. And uh, our biggest issue is the president of that company, Burt Cold. Burt Cold was a roommate of Paul Allen back in college and he brought him in, you know, to kind of help, you know, run. And I use air quotes again, but that group running this team is the reason we're in this situation. If they would have just sold this team to Phil Knight and his group when Phil Knight said, hey, here's the money, we want the team. And they're, you know, holding out and it all comes back to, you know, the ownership group and the nonsense that they've been, you know, doing since, you know, Paul Allen died. Yeah, I think that's a good take. I think it's a good, it's a good analysis, Andrew, that they've been caught in a limbo since Paul Allen passed away. And Paul Allen obviously had a a great desire to keep the Blazers in the Pacific Northwest and always loved both the Blazers and the Seahawks and the Seahawks had to go through that same transition of ownership. And, you know, you're right. It's been it's been limbo for a while now in Blazer land. And, and maybe that is what has given finally Damian Lillard enough frustration to say, okay, it's, it's over here. It's time to go. I just think that a guy that signs a $225 million extension can't be that unhappy. So the idea that he needed to finally speak up and say something, I think, is just ludicrous. Dave is next up in San Francisco this morning on the show. Good morning, Dave. Hey, good morning, guys. What's going yeah, on? I just, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a Warriors fan, you know, from way back in the 70s. But, yeah, you know, I just wanted to make a comment about, you know, these NBA superstars that are, you know, more self-centered, you know, chasing their own legacy rather than, you know, the true sports you know, if you call it sportsmanship or, you know, the passion and desire. Like, you know, we have guys here like uh, Clay Thompson, you know, uh, Steph Curry, even Draymond, you know, some people thought he was going to go to L.A. because of, you know, the show business. But, 
you know, when it comes down to it, you know, he's a, you know, nitty gritty guy, you know, who wants to, you know, you know, stay, you know, stay planted where, you know, where he's set his roots, so to speak. Right, but but let's not throw a parade here, Dave, for the guys of the Warriors that stayed. I mean, they they've won four championships together. Okay, so it wasn't like they had to go, quote, ring chasing. It wasn't like they had to leave because it was a dysfunctional situation. The Warriors have been one of the best-run franchises for a decade now in the NBA, so it's easy to stay in Golden State. I'm not going to give them, I'm not going to throw them any bouquets because they decided to stay or re-sign. It's been a good situation there. They've been part of a legacy team. They've won multiple championships. They've had a good head coach, one head coach for the most part. They've had stable organization, one of the best GMs out there, and they play alongside Steph Curry. What, what's not to like about staying there? I don't think that's anything to do with the Damian Lillard situation whatsoever. I think it's completely different. Lillard has not had a Steph Curry to play alongside. He has not won multiple rings. He has not had one head coach. He's not had one GM. He has not had a model organization to stay. So let's not, compl- let's not compare the two. I think that's silly. Okay, let's talk about the Northwestern situation here, okay? I am a big college football fan, and I am intrigued, to say the least, to see how this is covered, how this is analyzed, and where this thing goes for a a multitude of reasons. We are currently in a bit of a sports dead zone here. Okay, we have the home run derby tonight, but largely Major League Baseball's all-star break is kind of a downtime. We've got NBA Summer League, but nothing really of importance happens there. Whether you care if Wimbayama has 20 and 10 or not, I don't think it's that big a deal. The fact is he's going to be a star. Anybody that doubts that simply because he had one bad game is, again, stupid. And football hasn't quite started up in full yet. And college football is just starting to have its media days. And so it's a bit of a dead zone, which means, which means that this Northwestern situation has a chance to be the story in sports. It has a lot of the sensationalistic aspects that the, the greater American public pays attention to. Hazing, college kids, sexualization of, of things, an established head coach under fire, Quote, the old school combining with the new school. These are all these are all aspects of a story that you could easily see on the Today Show, Good Morning America, the Nightly News, CNN.com, FoxNews.com, etc. You could easily see these splashed across the New York Times and, and things of this nature, Washington Post. So I wonder where this goes. Because I think for the most part, it has been relatively underreported. Now, it's only been a couple of days. It was the weekend. It was the weekend after a holiday week. So I'm not sure where this thing goes. It might get bigger. I'm not sure. Over the course of this week, does this pick up steam? Do we get into mid to late July and there's a real drumbeat to fire Pat Fitzgerald? Do we learn the identity of the accuser? Do we do we understand more of what happened and the culture there? Or is it Northwestern football and people shrug their shoulders? Because that's another part that I'm interested about, which I wonder 
if Northwestern felt was going to happen. You see, there's a former player that says there was hazing the last couple of seasons at Northwestern. He's a former player. He went to the Northwestern student newspaper about this. They reported it, and the decision from the administration was to suspend Pat Fitzgerald, who's been the coach since 06 and is a legend at Northwestern, one of the most decorated football players ever, been the head coach there. He's led them to their highest of highs, basically, since he took over 15 years ago or so. What, 17 years ago? He got a two-week suspension during the summer, before meaty days. So what does that even mean? I mean, nobody's seeing Pat Fitzgerald today anyway. If he's suspended for two weeks, what does it really matter? And I wonder if Northwestern just said, eh, the accusations seem a little flimsy. Eh, it's the middle of the summer. Eh, this isn't Ohio State. This isn't USC. This isn't Texas. This ain't Georgia or Alabama. Eh, two weeks. I wonder, because now the administration admits we are going to reassess the punishment for Pat Fitzgerald. And some have said, I wonder if he gets fired. It would be incredibly unprofessional of me to guess what happens here or to act like I knew, know anything. Because I have seen this far too many times. One blurb, two stories, one or two anecdotes comes out and you assume you know the situation and then suddenly more and more lift up out of the water and you go, oh, I didn't see that one coming. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think he should be fired. I don't think he gets fired. I, who knows? I, I can't pretend to know what the extent of this is. I have no personal connection to Northwestern, so I have no idea. But a couple of things strike me here when I read this. Number one, that the administration in 2023, where every college campus is on high alert, especially one of the great academic institution and reputation the Northwestern is, if there is anything that seems lewd, sexualized, below board, in the closets, in terms of like hidden and old culture, like usually administrations are like, whoa, 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 we can't have this. And they go overboard trying to present this, oh, this would never happen here. We are appalled, et cetera. So the fact that, if anything, the administration under-assessed this tells me one of two things. Either A, they really didn't think there was anything there, or B, they were protecting the legend that coaches there in Pat Fitzgerald. They just they did not want to step on his toes because he has been the meal ticket for that football program for 16 years. One of the two. Either they totally didn't think this was that big a deal, or they're like, well, we're not going to go overboard on Pat. The second thing is, when you hear or read the accusations it seems hard to imagine that it happened in 2022 or 2023 okay doesn't mean it didn't happen just feels to me to be hard to imagine 
this stuff was in play at a major university. Now, I think Northwestern felt as though Pat Fitzgerald didn't know of the hazing if the hazing happened, and that's why he only got two weeks. And that others would say, well, what you don't know, you should be responsible for not knowing because you need to look into things more. The old Joe Paterno thing. You might not have known about Jerry Sandusky, but how hard did you look? And just because you didn't know doesn't mean you're innocent. You should have tried to, to understand more. Okay. But there's something called a Shrek's list, allegedly. And that part of this is that young players, freshmen that needed to, to run laps or whatever, there was a clapping thing and Fitzgerald would clap and they would all get around the player and clap and then force them to do some runs. It seems completely innocent to me that feels like the least of what could happen in a college football practice. But that the former player said that there was a sexualization at times because the players would surround him and that there was, in their terminology, some dry humping that happened there. I don't really know what that means, but okay. But the Shrek's list also, this former player sent a photo of the whiteboard that said Shrek's list, that the list of names of players, and bulleted under the list of players, it said naked slingshot, naked bear crawls, naked quarterback exchange, and naked pass rush. Now, again, I'm not sitting here telling you that this stuff didn't happen. I don't know. I'm not sitting here telling you that there's nothing more to the story. There might be. I'm not sure, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I know or make some grand generalization about something that I only know the tip of the iceberg on. But in 2022, there's a whiteboard in a meeting room that says naked bear crawls. So basically, the hazing practices are that public. That feels nearly impossible to me. I won't say impossible because anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. But it feels highly unlikely in 2022 or 2023 that you could have naked bear crawls on a whiteboard in a college football locker room and the coaches don't know and the players just do this and it's just part of the culture? I mean, again, could it have happened? Might. Might there be more? Sure. Did Fitzgerald know? Maybe. Should he have known more? Perhaps. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I read that and said, that feels like there's no way that happens today. Like, what coach wouldn't know that his team has naked bear crawls written on a meeting board? Now, there's a picture of this. It was sent to ESPN, so they're reporting on this. But I wonder what what is there, what is real, and what was known. And so I... I can only say I'm really interested in how this is covered because it has those things. You could only imagine Good Morning America splashing up on, on the Chiron, which is the graphics. Hazing includes naked bear crawls. And you're like, oh, well, this is your classic case of a football program that's stuck in the past and you can't get away with that anymore and what is going on and we're all appalled. But I would say if you know sports well enough, you know college football well enough today, you'd be like, yeah, in 2022, like, players are getting paid. And they're still doing naked bear crawls. The coach is like, oh, that's how we're going to make you tougher. That, 
I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if I believe that that was part of the, quote, culture. Now, we'll see. We'll see. But there was parts of this that felt a little hard to grasp as a reality in today's day and age. Also, for whatever it's worth, there is a former player that clearly is unhappy with what happened there and wants to expose it. There's a current player. None of these players are named right now. A current player saying that he spoke to the former player that levied these accusations, and the former player said, I want to get Fitzgerald fired. So is this a story to create a firestorm enough to get Fitzgerald fired? Maybe. Did Fitzgerald deserve it? I mean, again, who knows? Was there an axe to grind here? Again, who knows? But this is a time in the sports calendar where if you were really going to follow a story, this would be it. But it's Northwestern football, right? It's not Michigan football. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm very interested to see where this goes and to see what happens and to see what Northwestern decides because they went so light on the front end. Does it mean they have to go heavy on the back end to show that they took it seriously? I'm not sure. I don't have the answers, but I do find it quite interesting. When we come back on the show, we've got Soundcheck, your best audio of the day. And that includes Rob Manfred doing Rob Manfred things, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries. So that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. All right. You can always listen to the show on hundreds of affiliates nationwide and also on Sirius XM, channel 158, plus the XM app as well. You can also listen to us inside our apps, the free Odyssey app or the CBS Sports app. We begin with Rob Manfred as 
The MLB draft happened yesterday. And with the first pick overall, the Pittsburgh Pirates selected the stud of the College World Series. And then we got to the Oakland A's pick. And just listen to where Rob Manfred says this player is from. The sort of strategy would say, if they all seem the same, take the cheapest player you think belongs here. Here he comes with the sixth pick. With the sixth pick of the 2023 MLB draft, the Oakland Athletics select Jacob Wilson, a shortstop from Grand Union University. Okay, um, the first pick overall was Paul Skeens, the ace of LSU and route to that historic national championship. That was the Oakland A's selecting a young man who was from, according to Rob Manfred, Grand Union University. (laughs) And just so you know, there is no Grand Union University. There's a Grand Canyon University. (laughs) Grand Union is a supermarket chain. (laughs) (laughs) There is no Grand Union University. That audio is courtesy of ESPN. That's Jacob Wilson, not Jacob Wilkins also, but the A-selected shortstop out of Grand Canyon University at number six overall. I do this for four hours a day. I've done this for 20 years. I know slip-ups. I make slip-ups. But Rob Manfred is only at pick six. Is not pick 26. 46 or like how many rounds are there in the baseball draft 10 12 I mean it's like forever had this been the last day last round somebody says Grand Union University okay maybe it's the sixth pick Grand Union University what are we doing here you need to do some grocery shopping of course it had to be the Oakland A's and it had to be the A's it had to be the A's how much can freaking Rob Manfred disrespect the A's? I have a conspiracy theory on this. Okay. Because somehow a A's sympathizer have given him a card that he knew was faulty. And knowing that Manfred wasn't smart enough to realize <laughs> something was wrong with his card, did he go out there and just read it? So you think maybe an A's fan was doing the cards... Yeah. And purposefully submarined, torpedoed Rob Manfred by writing Grand Union University. It's just like Rob Burgundy. Like, I'm going to read whatever's <laughs> on that teleprompter. And he's like, he's going to read whatever's on that card. In no way he did the research of knowing who these players are. That he's going to be shaking hands with us. The kid was there. That's what was crazy about it. The, the kid, kid was, was there. there. He got up. ESPN knew immediately who he was talking about, even though he got the name and the school wrong. The kid was there, and he had to hear Rob Manfred not get his school right, not get his name right. Awful. It's embarrassing. This kid, Jacob Wilson, his Jack, his dad, Jack Wilson, played in Major League Baseball for 12 years. He projects to be a stud shortstop. And Rob Manfred, the kid is at 
his own draft, and his university is called Grand Union University. <laughs> it, you know what's crazy? I actually was watching an old uh, NBA draft for the 96 draft of documentary they did, and I saw David Stern was shaking the hands of the players, and there, that was one of the first drafts we had a lot of international players, and he was asking Pedro Stoyakovich how you pronounce his name. So before the draft, usually there is like a meet and greet with the players. So that was David Stern back in 1996 doing the extra work saying, hey, I've looked up your name, but just tell me one more time how to say it. And that's Pedro Stoyakovich. So this guy, <laughs> a very American name, he didn't shake his hand apparently, didn't do that groundwork to know who these guys are, like just didn't care. It's embarrassing. Manfred is so embarrassing. First of all, Manfred says his own World Series trophy is just, quote, a piece of metal. Okay, nice. Secondly, he's actively trying to move the A's from a fan base that clearly is still passionate about them and completely disrespectful. Then the A's fans show up on a night in, in June where they've got a garbage team and a garbage stadium and actually put nearly 30,000 people in the building and he just dismisses it, basically thumbs his nose, sticks up his middle finger, and then says their number one pick is from Grand Union University. Grand Union. Oh, my. You might as well say he's from Piggly Wiggly College. Pantsmark University. Grand Union <laughs> University. That sounds like a college made up prior to like World War One. <laughs> it <does> no longer <laughs> exists. It right, sounds def- like a Mirage College. Georgia Tech definitely played Piggly Wiggly University <laughs> in like 1916. <laughs> There's definitely a 6 nothing <laughs> game that Piggly Wiggly University, Piggly Wiggly Co- College. They won the fourth uh, national championship in <laughs> college football history. They definitely won the NIT. <laughs> Piggly Wiggly Environmental. By the way, the, the best commissioner with dress was David Stern. He cared. He, he loved it. He and loved it. When he went up there and made that, that um, uh, the, the magic uh, trade uh, from a, a bunch of years ago where Payne Harley went to the oh, magic. Oh, yeah. He milked it for all it's worth. He he loved doing it. He loved the stage. He did. Here is David Ross, okay, who is the entire Major League Baseball universe is heading into the All-Star break. And if you can listen to this audio, it's a little it's a little low, but maybe you can make this out. Ross is ripping the umps for being terrible and adds in, dude, it's right before the All-Star break. David Ross can't get to the first inning. <laughs> Alex McKinney had heard enough. You got one game before the break. You're that bad already? Wow. <laughs> the best lines I've ever heard. <laughs> That's Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill on the Yes Network. And what David Ross in the series against the Yankees was saying, quote, you've got to be better. You've got one GD game before you get to the break, and you're this bleeping bad already. <laughs> and that was early in the game. That was like, what, the first inning? So trashing the umps for being trash right out of the gate with only one game left before the break. This happened on Friday's show. I really got a good kick out of this when I was on my vacation last week as Peter Schwartz might have conflated a type of pie with a type of dance. 
Experts believe key lime pie was developed in the late 1800s in Key West. Its primary ingredients... 1800s? Uh, condensed milk, egg yolks, and the juice of tiny yellow key limes, typically with a graham cracker crust and whipped cream or a merengue topping. A I think merengue? The, <laughs> I think the graham cracker crust is what's going to get you <laughs> at the end there. You can get right through the whipped cream and the key lime yeah. merengue. Wow. My question would be: My question would be then, what's merengue? No, no, not, okay. mo- not no. But let's say, let's say you're going on, you're, you're taking care of this pie, right? You're taking and like care piece, of it, and this, and a piece falls out of your mouth and goes off the plate somewhere that you yeah. can't reach. Well, like, are you now automatically disqualified, or do they have like, like I someone mean. there that can? Put well, the pie back on your plate. Well, if you dig in face first, I'm going to guess you're going to get some whipped cream on your eyebrows. You're not getting to that either. So I'm no, but I mean like a, 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 a significant piece of the pie. Merengue, Pete. Why? It's merengue. That's <laughs> no, the stuff. It's not. merengue. <laughs> what? That's, the, that's the, the key lime stuff. No, Dance. it's called meringue. You don't... <laughs> oh, yeah, it's meringue. <laughs> oh, it's meringue. No, it's meringue. What? It's right. Are you sweating? <laughs> I'm crying. I'm having another tequila moment. Well, the ingredients moment. are four limes, some sugar, egg yolks, and a guitar player. <laughs> what are you talking about? Big Vaughn's going to come out of nowhere and start dancing. <laughs> meringue. It's the cream no, stuff. Lemon meringue pie. Yeah. yeah. No, there's I, a lemon the to- meringue I totally pie. Own up, I totally own up to my mistake there. You know what? The show might be better. <laughs> what's funny about that clip is that schwartz and mirage going back and forth is like stupidity cubed like those two guys talking to one another nobody knows the right anything so what's great is that immediately pete the clip is just great i kept watching this over and over again as soon as schwartz says merengue pie <clears throat> Pete dies laughing and starts mimicking doing a dance, like a salsa dance. It's at this point when Bogus starts cracking up as well. Mraz thinks everybody's just bagging on Schwartz because it's some fat joke about eating a pie. <laughs> Meantime, everybody's laughing because no merengue's wrong there. It's meringue, meringue, like a lemon meringue pie. So Mraz thinks he's laughing at Schwartz but he's not. He doesn't know why everyone's really laughing. And then realizes he's wrong as well. For those wondering, a meringue pie has a billowy and toasty meringue topping. Oftentimes filled with a tart lemon filling. Meringue is a style of Dominican dance. It is the national dance of the DR. Meringue. 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 Just two dopes having a dope fest. <laughs> it's like just, it's a really dope tennis. It's just, nobody knows what's going on. Paddling it back and forth. Who could be dumber? And I love Pete. I watched the video. Pete's just, hey, oh, hey, hey. Meringue. No, no, it's merengue. No, no, it's the stuff that you 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 eat at the pie. It's always worse when you're loud and wrong. (laughs) I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that it was merengue, not knowing that he was also wrong. Like he, like he, like that's 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 classic Mariah there. That's exactly right. If there was merengue, wow.
if there was like a slogan for Mraz's career, it'd be loud and wrong. <laughs> or, or loudly wrong. That's like the perfect way to describe him. And Schwartz, he can't say any Latin or Spanish words. Can't do it. He's incapable. Tequi- he pronounced tequila, tequila. Think about that. Who hasn't heard the word tequila? tequila. Or tequila. seen it. Or seen it. Tequila. As though it's on a roller at 7-Eleven. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right. That is, your, that is your sound check this morning. Pat Boyle is in for headlines today. Pat, good morning. Good morning, DA. Uh, final day of the first half yesterday in the big leagues in the desert. The Pirates snapped a four-game losing streak and avoided the sweep by beating the D-backs 4-2. G-Man. G-Man is a he-man. That's right. G-Man Choi went deep for the Buckos in a name who will be very popular at the trade deadline. Pirates closer David Bednar closed out the win for his 17th save of the year. In Milwaukee, Jesse Winker had an RBI knock in the first inning, and Wade Miley in the Brew Crew pen made it stand up. Six shutout frames from Wade, the pen the rest of the way. Brewers win the rubber game over the Reds 1-0. That NL Central race should be uh, pretty good in the second half. Reds at 50-41. and 41. Brewers head into the break just one game back. How about the Reds leading the division at the break? Yeah, by the way, D.A., your guy did it again over the weekend. Oh. Cruz had already looked a couple of times at Brian Anderson, knowing that if he got a jump, he's going home! The throw! He's The most thrilling man in baseball stole second, third, and home! That's a TV call. It's our buddy John Sadak. It's uh, John Sadak, Bally Sports Ohio. I got chills listening to that. When and, he and, says he's the most exciting man in baseball, he's absolutely right. Yeah. Ellie De La Cruz is how old now? I think 22. And he's hit... Tate measure home runs. He's hit for the cycle the first time that happened for the Reds, I think, in 30 years. He's 21. Is probably the fastest man in baseball. Yep. And just stole second, third, and home in the same inning. Yeah, that was from Saturday. So that was, yeah, stole second, stole third two pitches later, and as Brewers pitcher Elvis Peguero slunk his head and turned around to walk back to the mound, he just took off. Took off, stealing home immediately. That was a Reds 8-5 win on Saturday. It's I don't, a cheat code. I don't care if it's preferential treatment. He should be in the home run derby tonight. He should be in the all-star game tomorrow. He's played 30 games since he uh, got called up, hitting 325, 887 OPS, four home runs, 16 RBIs, 16 stolen bases. I know there's no, there's no mechanism to get him into the all-star game. The, the home run derby, it should be easy to get him into it. But... It does make you wonder if baseball is missing a huge opportunity by not putting this guy in the All-Star. I, this is a big debate that I was engaging in with folks on Twitter over the weekend. I think uh, the the answer that I saw most often that I agree with, I think he's got the best and biggest impact on baseball in terms of excitement since um, since Yasiel Puig 10 years ago. I was thinking about Puig, too. Yeah, definitely Puig. Puig. Yep. Or since Otani. Yeah, I'm, well, Ot- yeah, Otani's a good one. Otani, for sure. But just like the, I don't know, like just the sheer excitement of the way that they play the game. Otani's cerebral. The way he hits, the way he pitches. And also, if I'm not mistaken, Otani, it took him a little bit of time to grow into being as dynamic as he is now, right? Like Puig was kind of this out of the box, and that's what De La Cruz is. Like the first time they took the field, it was like, oh my God, what are they doing? Yeah. So... Anyway, and the Rays have relinquished uh, the best record in baseball to the Atlanta Braves, but they did avoid the sweep yesterday at the Trop. 
finally snapped the seven-game losing streak. Yandy Diaz and Isak Paredes both went deep. Tampa waved their wand and roughed up Bryce Elder. Uh, that's a Harry Potter reference, by the way. What's the oh. What's the reference? Uh, the Elder Wand. Wow. Okay. Oh. Pete, relax. Bar. <laughs> Not <laughs> a Harry, Harry Potter. Potter guy? Oh. Come on. We all got our things that we geek out about. I know, but that... that uh. Well, remember also, Pat's quite a bit younger than we are. That's right. So that's right. what ages were you into Harry Potter? Uh, well, I mean, even now, I'll watch it if it's on. But, like, I think I, f- I watched every movie as it came out. So the first one came out, I was, like, probably 10, I think. That was 2004. So and it yeah, ended so, and it ended like seven eight years ago. In 04, I was already twenty five years old. Yeah. There's no way yeah. I'm watching. Like, unless you have young kids at now, that I, point in time. And I didn't I didn't read the books, but I just I, I love the movies. I'm you, fascinated. You gotta love Pat proudly. I didn't read the books, by the way, guys. I just like the movies. And hey, listen, EJ, <laughs> are, are you a EJ's big Marvel DC I'm big Marvel. comics I'm not guy? Not the Harry Potter. I, I I don't know. Like it wasn't movies are long. I've watched a couple of them. They're pretty good. Um. Books. I read the I read the first one. I think it was required reading in one of my elementary schools. Wow. But um, brothers love it. But I it's just something I could never get into. You're probably around the same age as Pat. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm like maybe like three or four years older. So okay. I was forced to go to one of those movies when I was in college covering uh, one of the football games at LIU Post. Yeah, it was. We were on a road trip and oh hey, let's go to the movies. I see. The three of the four people pick Harry Potter. I the one that doesn't pick Harry Potter. I fell asleep during the whole movie. It was like two hours. No, I sucked the whole. No, you should be proud, Pete. You should be the proud foot, of yourself. Was it the football team that went to go see? No, no, it was. Uh, it was our, the media our crew. I see. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Our four people. That would have been funny if the football team. Let's go see Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> one of my ex girlfriends, by the way, full back tattoo, Harry Potter. This isn't the one that got the tattoo that you paid for. Oh, uh, it's the same one. Ooh. You paid for her full back tattoo. No, 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 no. Oh. I paid for a different one. And she had a full Harry. Is that sexy? I mean, at the time it was. Looking back on it, it's kind of messed up. Because now she flags everywhere. Now she's in her late twenties. Uh, yeah. And now you have to live the rest of your life with a Harry Potter back tattoo. Wait till you're fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Sixty years old. What's That's, Harry Potter? Yeah. Uh, last night MLB draft. No surprises. LSU's two big guns went number one and two. Pirates took big six foot six flame throwing Paul Skeens at number one overall. Considered the best pitching prospects in Steven Strasburg. Nationals took his teammate, Golden Spikes award-winning outfielder Dylan Cruz at two. Tonight, home run derby, T-Mobile Park in Seattle. All-star game tomorrow, O's catcher Adley Rutschman squaring off with White Sox's Luis Robert tonight in the first round of the home run derby. He's got 12 home runs at the break. Uh, said to be in the derby, it's a dream come true. We've got some sound, but uh, we'll skip that for now. Quickly, Wimbledon. On the women's side, two remaining American women in the draw. World number four, Jesse Pagula, is in the quarterfinals. 25 seed, Madison Keys, trying to meet her there. She has to finish off what it would be a tremendous comeback against 16-year-old Mira Andreva. She trailed 6-3-3-0, but now Madison Keys is in the third set, leading by a break. So good stuff there. Um, on the men's side, the last remaining American, Chris Eubanks, will take the court right after that match. He takes on world number five, Stefanos Tsitsipas. Correct. And then 23-time slam champion Novak Djokovic will try to finish off Hubert Hurtkotz after their match was suspended due to curfew last night. Joker up two sets to none. And then uh, big-time upset coming t- uh, today, DA. I'm calling okay. it the, the Italian yeah. stallion, Matteo Berrettini, takes on world number one, Carlos Alcarez. I got Berrettini. One you got one. Berrettini. 
They went to the final at Wimbledon two years ago. Lost to Djokovic. Huge serve. Grass court player. I think it's going to happen. Okay, good call. And what would a Berrettini Italian dish be at a restaurant? Uh, in terms of yeah, just the well, sauce? Yeah. I don't know. I would say probably... A tomato-based? Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Uh, finally, pasta. finally, American Allison Corpus wins the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach. She went nine under par. Thank you, Pat. What type of pasta did you say, Pete? A penne. A penne. A penne? Not a, not a rigatón? No, it'll be a penne pasta. Not a papadel? No. <laughs> Would be a berit- was it berrettini? Yeah, not a stracciatelle. Yeah. That's a dessert. You would have um, some meat in it. I'm not sure what meat, but like cut up though. I see. Okay. Okay. Berrettini's not an actual dish, right? We're just making no. this up. Yeah, we're just making it oh, up. Okay. Yeah. When we come back here on the show, why is Corey Dillon so mad? Da CBS Sports Radio. You can watch us at watchda.com, also on Twitch and on YouTube. Go to the CBS Sports Radio channels there. Corey Dillon, former Bengals running back, is PO'd in an interview with The Athletic. Dillon didn't hold back on the fact that he is not in the Bengals' ring of honor yet, saying that the Bengals took the easy way out and that it's garbage by letting the fans vote on this. He said the selection should be done directly by the front office or a special committee. He said this ain't a popularity contest. This is football. You are going to put in somebody who's more popular than somebody else who's got the stats. But the Bengals are smart. I give it to them. We'll put it in the hands of the season ticket holders so that they don't have to take the backlash over who the voters are picking. That's BS. That bleep should come straight from the team. Half these season ticket holder types have never even seen half of us play. Corey Dillon was a Bengals running back for seven seasons. During that span, made three Pro Bowls and ran for 1,000 yards in six of those seven years. I mean, (laughs) dude. (laughs) I think it's a nice thing that they're letting the fans vote for the players in the Ring of Honor. The fans being empowered as such is a pretty cool thing. Now, maybe you don't want the fans to have all of the control over it, but I definitely think it's a nice nod to the fan base. It's a nice nod to season ticket holders who have sat through a lot of bad Bengals football. Give them something. But more so, Dylan had a great quote about who he was trashing, who might get get in ahead of him. I'll give you those names and Phil Steele, college football analyst, next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.